time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, my partner in crime, you know him, you love him, as the lead NFL writer for Heavy.com. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we have a great guest. We're going to get on the horn here in just a few minutes to talk about the Colts game, but what are you, what are you looking forward to seeing what are you looking for from this Broncos team in Week 8, climbing out of that mini-buy, if you will, from such a debacle of a loss to the Chiefs? I kind of want to see how they respond. I know they've lost a lot of games this year, but I kind of want to see after trading Emmanuel Sanders, after that blowout loss, the team is kind of at a crossroads here. They're almost admitting they're rebuilding. I want to see how they come out on the road against a playoff-caliber opponent and how tough they can they can make this game. I don't think they're going to win. I know it's not surprising to come from me. I don't think they're going to emerge victorious, but how they make this a game, how they fight, will Flacco show some passion for once? Will he get the ball in the end zone? How they respond to adversity, I think, will tell us more about how uh, Fangio can mold the team for the future and not just for 2019. Dude, I could not have said that better myself. And, you know, it's I still look forward to each and every game. I love covering football. We go so many long months without football to analyze that you just got to appreciate it when you have it, even when the Broncos, the team you're covering or the team you're rooting for, isn't doing well. You got to take with the good with the bad and just appreciate that, hey, man, they're playing football. But I've noticed, Zach, that fans just don't seem, and it's understandable, to be as interested or care as much that there's a game happening on Sunday. And listen, I understand the Denver Broncos are sitting here at 2-5, and five, but you know what, there's still so many unknowns about this roster and players that need to emerge. And as you said, we need to see what kind of soul this team has, even if they come out and and lose this game against the Colts, how they respond under the leadership banner of Vic Fangio will tell us a lot possibly about what the future might hold for this team. And there's so many other subplots, like how young players perform, how Cortland Sutton steps up now as the number one wide receiver, how Deshaun Hamilton getting more reps, how he'll respond. The Broncos, you know, believe it or not, they have a young nucleus of talent, and they have to mold that talent because 2019 doesn't matter anymore. Now it's all about 2020. But on the road against a tough opponent, are they going to roll over? Are we going to see some sort of competitive fire? That's what I'm looking for, how they respond to this and how they can come out and, and hopefully make this some sort of a competitive game all right so we do have a great guest we're going to get him on the horn here in just a minute first though a couple of quick reminders you guys make sure you're following the show on twitter at huddle up pod you want to do that so you stay on top of what's happening with the show in real time programming changes notes like we had to delay our episode on thursday as you all know by now and you just got to make sure you follow the show on twitter at huddle up pod that way you don't miss anything And also take some time. It's been a while since we've reminded you guys of this, but go over to Apple Podcasts, leave a creative review. If you like what Zach and I are doing here, 
give us a five-star rating. Not only does that help the show, it's a great, organic, simple way as a listener for you to support the show. It also enters you into our drawing that we're giving away this month. A couple of listeners randomly selected who reviewed the show on Apple Podcasts. We're going to draw a name or two out of the hat, announce it at the beginning of November, and give away some Mile High Huddle slash Huddle Up Podcast swag. So if you haven't reviewed the show yet, take some time. Go to Apple Podcasts. Get that done. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. All right, and joining us now is none other than Mr. Jake Arthur covering the Indianapolis Colts for Colts.com. Find him on Twitter, at JakeArthurNFL. Jake, thanks for joining us, brother. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. We were talking uh, off air, but Jake and I go back a ways, and those OGs who have been following both myself and Jake probably know that uh, you know our, this isn't the first time our paths have crossed. So, really appreciate you joining us. And you know, this is—I um, got to say—with the Denver Broncos on deck here to travel to take on the Colts at uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, I didn't expect after Andrew Luck suddenly chose to hang up his cleats as he did there in the preseason. I didn't expect this Colts team to get out to a four and two start. What do you? How do you account for how this team has managed to kind of galvanize around Jacoby Brissett and you know get out to four and two? Yeah, I mean to be honest with you, even if Andrew was still here and and uh, you would tell fans ahead of time they'd be off to a four and two start, they would have taken it. Uh, Jacoby has put up uh, some nice numbers so far. He's been really good in the red zone. Uh, he's leading the league in touchdown passes per game, which is honestly, it's probably a little surprise to just about everybody. Um, I mean, people here expected him to be good, but that that's pretty exceptional. Uh, but the whole thing just goes back to uh, Chris Ballard and Frank Reich's vision of what they wanted to do here. Uh, they never wanted to have their team built around one guy. You know, um, your team shouldn't collapse if one guy isn't in the lineup. And so that's what they focused on. Uh, the Colts' defense, uh, it's its turned on, especially in the last few weeks here. Uh, kind of a slow start, uh, but last week we re- or last year we really saw uh, what they would be capable of. Really young unit. They're really fast. Uh, they're really opportunistic. They, they just like to cause chaos on the defensive front, and, uh, and, and they love to use their instincts to try and force takeaways. So, uh, Chris Ballard has just built something really nice here, and um, you never want to see your franchise quarterback go, but at the same time, um, it kind of shows he has done a good job of doing what he wanted to do, and that's build a complete team uh, to where, you know, if one guy goes down, it's just next man up, and you can kind of keep on marching. Yeah. Now, Jake, you know, obviously it's not a big game. Uh, for I would say a big opponent for the Colts, but the two and five Broncos are coming to town. I'm just kind of curious, and I'm sure some Broncos fans are, what is the view of Denver uh, coming into this game? How do the Colts players or Colts fans viewing this matchup for Indianapolis? Is this a cakewalk? Is this a trap game? How would you, car- you know, categorize the Broncos as an opponent for the Colts right now? Uh, so I, 
I look at it, well, first and foremost, to answer your question, I think most fans think it, it's going to be uh, a relatively quick win for the Colts. But I don't think you can can discount uh, Denver totally. Now, with no Emmanuel Sanders, that, that definitely doesn't help things right away. Uh, but the defense, I think, is impressive. There's still some guys there that have been there for a long time, back from when they were a dominant elite defense. I mean, anytime you've got Chris Harris Jr. and uh, Von Miller out there, that's two of the best at their position. So you just can't discount that. Um, I personally, as kind of a draft nerd, am eager to see what uh, Deshaun Hamilton does and perhaps an expanded role with, with Emmanuel Sanders out. Uh, but no, overall, I, I think a lot of fans think this will this is kind of heavily swayed towards the Colts. But at the same time, uh, you could consider it a trap game because I, I don't think Denver's a team that can that, that's just going to lay over. Uh, but I can tell you that the team itself does does not, you know, they, they're not taking it lightly. They, they know this is a tough opponent. I think the biggest thing that the Broncos have to be ready for is Justin Houston because not to say that Garrett Bowles is Superman because obviously he's far from it, but if there's any one player who's really been his kryptonite since entering the league as a first-round pick for Denver back in 2017, it's been Justin Houston. Tell us about, and Broncos fans, of course, are quite and well familiar and versed on Justin Houston after all those years he spent in the AFC West with the Chiefs. How is he settling in to that Colts defense? Uh, yeah, so he he's been he's been a pleasant addition. Uh, he's especially turned it on lately. Uh, the Chiefs game really seemed to flip a switch for him. Uh, he had a couple of sacks last week, uh, but even when he's not, you know, finishing the play and, and bringing the quarterback down, he is still hitting the quarterback. Um, he just brings constant pressure now, like a, like you guys are very familiar with. Uh, for example, last week Deshaun Watson was being pressured. And just kind of made a poor decision throwing the ball across his body, and the Colts picked it off. Well, it was Justin Houston there right in his face, knocking him down that kind of forced that decision. Uh, he's just been – he's been a, a good veteran presence. And uh, the the Colts just lost Kamoko Toure uh, a couple weeks ago to a uh, fractured ankle out, out for the year. Arguably their, their best athletic pure pass rusher. Um, and you don't really need to tell a guy like a Justin Houston or Jabal Sheard to, to turn it up, but those guys have uh, turned it on, and, and uh, they really don't want the Colts to lose much steam in the pass rush department with Ture going down, and they've kind of taken it upon themselves to really lead the charge up front. Jake, uh, for any Broncos fan who wants to win this game, who still has hope for 2019, what is the most the biggest weakness of the Colts? What's the most dangerous aspect of the Colts team that could be exploited by Denver? If the Colts were to lose this game, what would be the cause of that? Uh, well, I, I think if you can get the ball out of your hands really quickly and, and do a lot of things that produce yards after the catch, uh, for instance, the the Oakland Raiders, they, they really put together a nice game plan to come out on top of the Colts. Uh, Derek Carr has a quick release, as you guys know, uh, but he was getting the ball out of his hands really quickly. Uh, they, they got some good outside runs. Now, it's it's been patched up a little bit for the Colts since Jabal Sheard has come back, Darius Leonard's back. Um, but no, I, I, I think 
countering their pass rush with with quick passes, uh, maybe getting some blockers out in front so that you can pick up some extra yards after the catch. I think that's the real the real way to attack it. It sounds homerish, but they really don't have many big issues. Um, they're actually probably they're at they're, they're probably at their healthiest right now to be honest with you. Uh, Malik Hooker is expected to be back in this game. Um, so that kind of eliminates deep downfield shots for opponents. Right. Um, last year, for example, the Colts were one of the top teams in uh, downfield passing defense. Teams just didn't want to chance it against guys like Hooker. Yeah. Um, so if I had to pick one area to attack the defense, I'd probably go uh, kind of quick, quick gimmicky stuff, like kind of like what New England does. Uh, just that kind of stuff that's yep. frustrating and makes you mad. They get the ball out of, their, out of their hands so quickly, and they just seem to pick up a first down every couple plays. Yeah, you know, I each and every week, in as, as media, just for for the sake of our fans listening, we get a release sent to us by the Denver Broncos, and I'm sure Jake, you get a similar release that shows a head-to-head comparison of the opponent with the Denver Broncos, and if the opponent's statistical output is in the top ten. It shows it in green on our release anyway, and if in there if they're in the bottom ten, it shows it in red. I'm looking at this Colts offense head to head against the Denver Broncos, which by the way, the Denver Broncos, not one major statistical category is in the top ten. They are all either mid tier or bottom ten. But on the other side, the Colts, they are top ten in net rushing yards per game. They're top ten in just not giving the ball away. They're top 10 in allowing sacks on Jacoby Brissett. And then what really gets me here, Jake, is they are ranked 7th in third down percentage. They're converting almost 47% of their third down tries. And then they're ranked 6th in the red zone, converting 65.2% of their red zone tries. What do you attribute this offensive? And it's not mind-blowing numbers in terms of, you know, you look at the statistical output and the points scored, and it's not going to blow your mind. I mean, they're – on a points-per-game basis, they're right there in the middle of the pack. They're averaging 23.8, which for Broncos fans right now, 23.8 points per game sounds like Peyton Manning's you know, circa 2013 with how bad things have been for in Denver. But what do you attribute this, You know, again, not necessarily blowing the doors down offensively, but steady, consistent, and what in the statistical areas in which it really counts and really matters, they are getting the job done. Yeah, it really starts all up front with that offensive line. They, they give Jacoby great protection. And then you see with guys like Quentin Nelson, they, they blow away defensive fronts and, and let guys get those extra yards. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a little cliche, but that, that truly is what allows them to do that. They're, they're a very smart, poised group. Uh, they're clutch. They're, they're just really good on those money downs. Uh, the majority, if not all of at this point, of Jacoby's touchdown passes in which he leads in touchdown passes per game. Um, again, they, I think they've all come in the red zone. So they're very productive in the red zone. Third down, like you said, and, and that's an area they were really strong last year. They actually led the league in third downs most of last year up until the last couple weeks. Uh, so that's just something that Coach Reich really stresses is just really being a smart, smart, effective football team on those money downs. And that's third down and red zone. They're also very, very productive on fourth downs as well. I think they had only, I think they'd only flubbed about one of them or so going into last week. Uh, so they're, they're really effective there as well. So between good coaching, great offensive line play, and then Jacoby just making nice, smart reads, 
uh, it's it's going pretty well for them in those departments. I have kind of a random question, Jake. We actually got a question on our live stream about Tom McMahon, and he spent some time as the the special teams coordinator for the Colts. And now, after a, a decent first year, he's kind of getting the the mob treatment by Broncos fans. They're running him out of town. They're saying that he's sticking with players too long. He's going to get fired. What was kind of the book on him? What was kind of his unit like in, in Indianapolis? Did you see any weaknesses, or did you do you see why the team moved on from him? What could you tell Broncos fans about McMahon as a coach? Uh, to be honest with you, the, the Colts special teams under McMahon was outstanding. Uh, but, I mean, they, they did have Pat McAfee and Adam Vinatieri at the time. Uh, Vinatieri, obviously the greatest kicker of all time, and Pat McAfee was a top five punter of his time, uh, as well as an outstanding kickoff specialist. Um, but uh, McMahon, w- with, with Chuck Pagano's you know, thumbs up, uh, giving them the go-ahead to run certain trick plays on special teams. Uh, a lot of them were really, really well done, uh, especially their onside kicks, which have that's kind of gone on the wayside uh, in, the, in the modern NFL. But no, M- McMahon was – he always had really good special teams. Uh, the Colts always seemed to have at least one really good gunner at the time. And uh, one thing that sticks out to me is um, – <clears throat> under McMahon, the Colts always seem to have a a backup kicker in training camp, uh, someone who basically kicked for Adam Vinatieri on his off days in training camp. They would always go on to, to kick for other teams, uh, Cody Parkey, Brandon McManus, uh, Mike Badgley. Now, he wasn't with all those guys, but he seemed to really be able to find quality special teams guys late in drafts or undrafted. The Colts' current uh, the Colts' current punter, Rigoberto Sanchez, I believe, was a Tom McMahon find. Uh, he was a kicker at Hawaii, and he was brought in as an undrafted free agent with the Colts to compete as the punter. Uh, they they After Pat McAfee retired, they signed a, a, veteran, a safe veteran punter in Jeff Locke, who they said, you know, if, if you know, this Rigoberto kid doesn't work out. We just, you know, we have a, a normal veteran punter. Yeah. Well, this kid that Tom McMahon found from Hawaii came out and claimed the punting job. And now he is one of the better punters in the league as well. He's also a kickoff specialist and holder. Um, so arguably in my eyes, I think it was his ability to find talented kicking specialists, whether it's a kicker or punter. I just thought that was Tom McMahon. I, I thought that was one of his really strong suits. And by the way, McAfee loves him. Anytime he gets a chance to talk about the old days and in Indy and the and special teams, generally speaking, comes up, man. And Tom McMahon's name, it's it's gold in, in that guy's eyes. But you know, my opinion on that, and then I'll move on to a question, is just I think the the reason you haven't seen the special teams really flash for Tom McMahon in Denver, it's not so much a lack of X's and O's or coaching or development on his part. It's really it's a it's a lack of depth across the board. And when you are struggling to, to have talent in the second and third spots on all these different depth charts, whether it's wide receivers playing specials, linebackers, DBs, whatever, it's going to come out in the wash. And the Broncos, they just, they've struggled to find the right punter. They made a kind of a fateful decision to ditch Riley Dixon and bring in this new kid, Colby Wadman, and it just hasn't turned out right so far for McMahon. But I think internally he's viewed very favorably by both Vic Fangio and that front office. But... Jake, let me get a question in on you here. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates 
or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. This was something I heard bandied about on a national radio uh, program on Thursday. And the question was basically, how, who deserves more credit for how this team has not only been able to weather the Andrew Luck retirement, and, but also getting out to four and two? Do you think that's more, and obviously it takes two to tango, you know, and there's, there's, each guy deserves his fair share of the credit, but do you attribute that more to the personnel decisions being made by Chris Ballard, the GM, or is that the resiliency and the X's and O's acumen and the leadership of Mr. Frank Reich, the head coach? Uh, So that's a great question because those kind of go hand in hand. Uh, The type of guys that Frank and Chris Ballard have decided they want in here, they they want football junkies. Uh, They want, they want guys who, want to be there in the building you know they don't they aren't the guys who go work out on their own away from the team all the time in the offseason they want to be there with their teammates they want to be around football 24 7 basically and at the same time uh, the Colts also have someone in their front office in the in the player personnel scouting department uh, Brian Decker who is a former uh, Green Beret he used to recruit recruit Green Berets to make sure that they would be fit to kind of join that squad. You know, are, are they team players? Are, are they, do, do they have, are, are they team first? Do they yeah. think of themselves? So on and so forth. And he's been able to, to kind of put a sports hat on that. And he scouts the hell out of guys who are just want to be good teammates they, they want to be part of something bigger than, than themselves as a team. And so by acquiring all those players, they've got guys who definitely buy into what Frank's selling. Um, he's a consistent guy every single day. Uh, the players know what they're getting. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about he's, he never gets too low at losses. He never gets too high after wins. He celebrates and he's very relatable with them. Uh, but he sets the standard for what's going to be expected. Uh, you know, he, he demands progress all the time. Um, there's just accountability. You know, he, he's a great, consistent coach. Um, he, he's a guy that the coaches want to play for, very relatable to them. They, they, they want to go to bat for him. But at the same time, they have players in there who are very coachable and want to get better and want to be around each other. You know, this is uh, honestly this is the closest locker room I think I've ever that I have ever um, reported on in, in football. You know, I kind of compared it to uh, Notre Dame's football team when they were in the national championship against Bama several years ago. 
it's it's just an abnormally close team. These guys, like a lot of them are best friends. They hang out together outside of, of the locker room and outside the building all the time. It's it's really fun to watch and it's it's a fun group to be around. And it starts with with uh, Frank Reich and the guys that Chris Ballard has put into that locker room as well. All right, so cards on the table time. You kind of indicated that you think the Colts will win this game, and I think they will too. But what's your official prediction? Give us a score and how you think the game will go. Uh, so I think it's going to – I think the Colts may be run-focused in this game because I just think that's – I think that's the biggest, most obvious area they can attack it uh, at Denver. It's a clear strength for the Colts, and it's you know the weakness on on Denver's defensive side. So that being said, I don't think it's going to be some huge route, um, but I could see something, uh, you know, in the high 20s for the Colts, maybe like 27, 28. And I I just don't see how Denver's offense is going to be able to do a whole lot. Uh, so maybe something in the ballpark or like 27, 28 to about 13 or 14. All right, well, you guys heard it here first. Our awesome guest, Jake Arthur, covers the Colts for Colts.com. Find him on Twitter, at JakeArthurNFL, a guy that worked his way up, paid his dues in the journalist, uh, journalism game, and he's a awesome colleague, very insightful analyst, and we appreciate you joining the show, Jake. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs> So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type two collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. All right, Zach, a great conversation there with Jake Arthur. Again, a guy that I go back with a ways. We never covered the same team, but we've covered the NFL together on a different platform for a different network at a, at a different point way back when. So I always love catching up with him and talking with him. But what were your thoughts on what he had to say about just kind of how this team has galvanized around Frank Reich, around Jacoby Brissett in the wake of the Andrew Luck retirement? It, it just proves to me that good coaching can help overcome anything. I mean, going from Luck to a, a, a downgrade, in my opinion, like Brissett, is definitely a coach-killing, season-ending move right as it happened. And yet they've come out, they've, they're winning games, they look better uh, than in some parts under luck they ever did. The defense is balling right now, the offense is playing uh, competently. Uh, it just comes down to coaching for me. And like uh, Jake said, it's a team that doesn't have many fatal flaws. They're a very disciplined team, well-coached team. They're hard to beat at home, they're hard to beat when they're on their game, and they're going to be a hard opponent for the Broncos. One thing he said that actually gave me some hope, he's talking about the Colts, but it actually gave me some hope for the Broncos, was, you know, when I asked him that question about who deserves more credit, the, the GM or the head coach, and he talked about how they had, as a team, they had hired that guy that used to, um, you know, recruit for one of the special forces and how they're looking for guys who eat, breathe, sleep, football, who prioritize nothing more 
than the game. And I think back to these last couple of draft classes the Broncos have had under GM John Elway, the 2018 class, the 2019 class as well, it really feels like there was some kind of a philosophical shift for the team that really focused on players that fit more of that same type of a profile. It gives me hope that eventually that's going to come out in the wash, Zach. The question to me is, again, you can have all you can manipulate all the pieces on the board, and you can even look at what happened in, has, has happened so far in Indianapolis. Yes, they've they've done a great job drafting. They've done a great job getting the right coaches in place. But this team would not be four and two were it not for the performance of the quarterback, Jacoby Brissett. I mean, he's he's at 1,400 yards passing in six games, which doesn't blow you away. But he's got a 14 to three touchdown to interception ratio. This game is all about the quarterback. But again. So what that tells me is once they get Drew Locke in there or a quarterback, even if Locke fails, once they solve the quarterback issue, they can really start to leverage and and capitalize on these previous two drafts. But it does make me feel like this team, in that sense anyway, Zach, is moving in the right direction. It's just a question of can this front office get the quarterback thing right? It's also in terms of being on the same page. And when we saw Ballard talk at the Combine, I I was so impressed by what he was saying because he had such humility. He's a young guy in a very big role with a a younger coach and Frank Reich, and they really work well together. There's a a symbiosis between them. And I don't see that with Fangio and Elway. I see some sort of disconnect where Elway is far and away the czar. He's far and away the number one guy in the organization, and everyone else is under him. I don't see that in Indy. I see Ballard and Reich almost— being on the same level they plug into each other they have a great working relationship you can tell they respect each other and that's come out in the watch and that's come out in their records and that's come out in the roster yeah. I, I mean with going from Andrew Luck and, and to lose that type of, of a Pro Bowl potential quarterback or an all pro and to go to a percent a backup and still have a winning record and still look this good that's all your front office and your coaching and the plan you put in place right now the Broncos don't have that plan because the guy in charge of that plan Elway doesn't know what he wants to do the Colts had an objective. They had a plan they stuck to, and you're seeing the results from them. Well said, brother. Well said. Well, hey, guys, that's got to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. And I want to thank everybody for the well wishes uh, and for rolling with the punches with us this week on our programming. You know, when you have your when your grandfather dies, you got to you got to stop in your tracks and and be with the family. And that's what happened. And I appreciate everybody's um you know, reaching out to me on and giving me some support on social media. Appreciate all you guys and for rolling with us on this kind of wonky week. So, Zach, also, thanks to you, brother, for uh, rolling with the punches because, you know, life throws you a curveball sometimes and you got to adjust. Listen, man, family first. Everything else, like I told you, is unimportant. And uh, I'll always, you know, I'll always be there for you, man. So it, it's family is the most important thing. So I'm happy you got that taken care of. Amen, brother. Well, guys, make sure you follow the show on Twitter. Another reminder, at HuddleUpPod, so you got your finger on the pulse of what's happening with this show in real time. Find my partner here, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter. Follow him, at KelbermanNFL. Myself, at Chad N. Jensen. Stay tuned. There will be another podcast or two waiting for you this weekend between Building the Broncos and Dove Valley Deep Divers. And enjoy that game on Sunday. Whether the Broncos win or lose, you still got Broncos football to enjoy. So make sure you don't miss the opportunity to actually enjoy what's happening on Sundays. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you on the other side of Week 8. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more.